And the People's Paradise Podcast is live again. This is the second time I recorded this in the last 13 minutes. In my defense, basically what happened was a better seat opened up from where I was sitting at previously in front of these two middle-aged women who were having discussions about their grocery list at Walmart and Rarely's, and they decided to move up. But anyway, with that being said, we shall commence the podcast with a quote with a verse that really touched my soul, as we always do in the fashion-friendly version of this podcast. And for those who don't know, if this is your very first time listening to the podcast, if this is your very first time listening to the YouTube channel, basically what I always do is I always commence the YouTube broadcast with a quote to a song that I read was, that had me really in my feels today. Had me really in my feels as I was on the way to Starbucks to get me a caramel hot chocolate, which I probably shouldn't bring up Starbucks right now because I am I am recording this in a coffee house that is kind of in the middle of a turf war between Starbucks right now and they, they are getting their ass kicked. Tell you Marino is bad. But with that being said, I'm gonna tell you Starbucks is dirty. Starbucks, Starbucks, Walmart, McDonald's, they are so dirty. They really will set up shop at any like small, small business rival competition and just shut the whole shut their whole operation down. Like they don't give it McDonald's in and out, they don't give a damn about mom and John's burgers. They don't give a damn. If they wanna if they want your business, they shall take your business and there is nothing you can do to stop it. But with that being said, <laughs> The verse of the day today that really had me in my feels today. If I had to be a verse that I would tell you that was really the dopest that I heard today, it'd probably have to come from the song I was listening on the way jogging up here. The song by Drake is the very, very, it's the very, very first album on this song on this album, um, Scorpion, and it's a song called Survival. And in the song Survival, he says, um, it's a verse in the song where in the song where he says. It's all in God's plan, young man. Don't get ahead of yourself. No, it's all in God's plan, young man. You said it yourself. And that verse today, more than anything, that really that really played on the chords of my heart, on the strings of my soul, because, I don't know, this has been a lot I've been dealing with in, in, in general, like with the podcast, with the YouTube channel. You know, in four to five months, this will make three years that I've had the channel. This will make three years that I've been doing the podcast. And... Needless to say, I have not reached the heights that I have wanted to reach yet. Joe Budden Podcast has surpassed me. Taxstone Podcast has surpassed me, even though it's co- even though its host is incarcerated right now. Free Taxstone. Um, but what motivated me is because I know that all the all the successful people, all of them, be they rappers, be they orators, be they musicians, be they business owners, be they automotive automotive enterprises. All the people who I look up to in a row, at the end of the day, they all went through the same struggles, hurdles that I went through when they were trying to get their businesses off the ground, when they were trying to start their dreams, when they were trying to get what they were trying to get after. So I understand. I understand where it's coming from. And I guess I'm using all the examples to say this. They motivate me because it's no new struggle, no new issue under the sun that nobody else has went through. And so I understand that they can make it through. They can be my shining beacon of lights, my northern stars, and let me know. At the end of the day, my dreams, my aspirations, they're not as impossible as I thought they were, you know. But I'm running out of I'm getting that my dreams and aspirations are not as impossible as sometimes they feel they are. When I have to go and work and answer to some small sh- to some people who I do not like. It is what it is. So so shout out to Drake. Drake, I'm gonna tell you right now, Drake, Drake is one of the most no, let me let me let me not get too sidetracked because the topics that we're going to cover today in the podcast, they're very serious. They're very grievous. They're on some very, very serious issues. And a lot of you guys hit me up on Twitter and was like, you know, you got to talk about this. You got to talk about that. So I decided I'm definitely going to talk about it today. So first, we got to talk about, we got to, uh, man, uh, we really got to have a conversation about this. It, this man, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn, man, Qui-Gon Jinn. 
to all my beautiful black people out there, all my beautiful Ibanos, all my beautiful people out there in the country of the United Kingdom, there is a really, really big black population in the United Kingdom. I don't know if anybody knows that. And when you go out there, it's a lot of black people from, because most of the black people out there, they're from their parents or their grandparents are from the Carib or from Africa. So it's a lot of Nigerian, second generation Nigerian immigrants out there, a lot of them, uh, uh, Dominicans, case in point, pretty much savage. It's a lot of Jamaicans, it's a lot of Cayman Islanders, it's a lot of Bahamians, Bahamians, a lot of Bajans out there. So I want to warn all y'all niggas, excuse my language, I've, I said on this podcast multiple times that I was going to discontinue the use of the N-word, but I'm going to say it right now. I want to let all of y'all niggas know that be on the lookout because Qui-Gon Jinn is, Qui is looking for y'all, he's looking for any black bastard. And not only does he have not, not only does he have a lightsaber, he has a kosh. <laughs> I think it really said he had a kosh. I, I, I gotta, I gotta talk to somebody from London who's who's relatively in my age, who's twenty in their twenties, who can tell me is that really a common word that they use out there, regardless of age? And is, is Liam Neeson just saying that because he's damn near seventy? Like uh, I went through the street with a kosh, looking for any black bastard. I was like, "What the? F- what is he talking? Like, who the hell is this guy? This nigga was taken before he was taken. Like, man, for those who have no idea what I'm talking about, the actor who played Qui Gon Jinn in Star Wars, his name is Liam Neeson. He also was the old guy in Taken. I actually really like him. He's a very, very charismatic actor. Thought he was very dope. Very wonderful speaking voice. It showed in this racist rant. Um, he was recanting a story about how at one time one of his closest female friends she let him know he was she was raped and she uh, he asked her you know who who was you know what did he look the guy what did he look like and she said from my understanding she said you know i don't know and then he said well what color was he she said he was black and he said so about a week for about a week straight i walked up and down the street going to all bar bars nightclub discotheques even gay bars that last part he didn't say with a kosh which I, I later learned that that's that's English slang for just like a heavy blunt weapon. So it could have been a bat, could have been a two by four. He was gonna beat. He was gonna beat that nigga when he caught him. He said I was walking through the street with a kosh, looking for any black bastard to take my frustrations out on. And I'm ashamed to say this. He really did say that. Like no cap. I'm being all the way honest with you. That's honestly what he said. And needless to say, um. The world didn't feel too kindly about that. I didn't feel too kindly about that. I'm going to let you know right now. I mean, fuck, you got to beat him with the cost before. But anyway, it's... So, should I, should I talk about my opinion about it first, or should I talk about the response to that? The response to that was crazy. He did that interview, I think, with Time Magazine. And immediately after, it went viral. Everybody, his, his red carpet interviews were canceled. His red carpet interviews for this movie that he has coming up right now, that was canceled. Um... It's a lot of backlash, obviously. Yesterday, I'm recording this right now on Wednesday night. Yesterday, he did an interview where he, on Good Morning America where he talked about it. And, you know, he just was being honest. I, I, respect his, I respect his honesty. He was like, you know, I'm being honest. You know, we like to, in this world, we like to pretend like we're so moral. But I'm just being honest and saying, like, you know, that's where I was mentally at that moment. Like, I felt like I was doing, I was, I was, I was avenging the honor of a very close friend of mine in some kind of medieval fashion. You know, like, this nigga really said medieval in medieval fashion. This nigga, this nigga really thinks he's a knight. Like, this nigga really thinks he's, this nigga really thinks he's Qui-Gon Jinn. Y'all gotta stop. He didn't went to too many Comic-Cons, bro. I saw Charlamagne the God. I bring up Charlamagne the God because he's one of, he's one of my, um, he's one of my unintentional mentors. I really look up to him a lot. 
I saw him give him Doc the other day. So a lot of people come to his defense. I saw how Terry Crews and Wale had a little um, Twitter kerfuffle, Twitter kerfuffle over over um, over um, his comments, and you know Terry Crews was saying like you know that was just a, you know I don't think he was being racist. He was just he was saying Liam Neeson was just telling you how he was at a moral fork in the world and fork in the road in his life at one point. And, you know, Wale was like, nah, that's not cool. Now, here's my personal opinion about it. Everybody has the right to trip about it because what he's saying is what he's saying is the purest, purest, purest example of racism. For one, that ain't even a black. That ain't even a. And I, and I hate to say it like this. And I hate to sound. I'm just going to say it. Nigga, that's not even a black thing. We're not even known for raping people. But that is but it, that what he what Liam Neeson was saying, that's one of the purest examples of what racism is. Racism is when you take one action that one person does and you identify that action with the whole group. So that is the, all those people on Twitter, Wale, Charlemagne the God, all of black Twitter, all of black United Kingdom Twitter, everybody, all them black nerds who gotta throw away their lightsabers and white gun costumes, they have every right to be upset. They have every right to be pissed off. I, I I'm with them on that. Because that is the purest example of racism. That's the that's the same thing. How that's it's the same thing. Me and a girl was just debating about this two days ago. It's the same thing. How like in, in 1942 or it was 1943 in L.A. when they had the zoot suit riots when U.S. Navy men were just going through L.A. beating up Mexican teenagers for no fucking reason because they because I think they got into a fight with one of them at a bar and that somehow gave them the gaslight to just beat up every Mexican teenager that they saw like. It's the same thing how when you had the Black Wall Street bombing, supposedly because when a black dude got into a fight with another with a white guy, they have that gave them the right to go bomb those streets. So when Liam Neeson's saying that, those are that is the purest that is the purest example of what racism is. Like when you take one action to sign it to the whole, you give that to you give that a you take one you take one example of mal character and assign that and identify that with the whole race. That is the purest example of racism. Now with that being also with that also being said. I respect I res I respect him for talking about it. I respect him for coming forward to be honest about it because if you want to be real, I always say this about humans. We should always, 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 we should always, always condemn racism. We should always condemn rape. We should always condemn pedophilia. We should always condemn the worst qualities, the most, the most, I, I, that word, A-B-O, I haven't said, I don't know how to say that word, so I'm not going to say it. We should always commit, we should always condemn the most abominable characteristics, the most abominable actions of, hum, of humankind. We should always condemn that. But we can't argue, like we can't act like a lot of those traits, most, I'm going to say 86% of those things that I just listed right now are almost second nature to man. Everybody got somebody in our family who's racist. It is. It is what it is. Black people, we got one too. We got, especially in our families, because you know we got them. We got them relatives who's seventy or 60, 90 years old who remember real, 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 real racism, like the Jim Crow era, and you know, and having to sit in the back of the bus and having to do all that, getting like a lot of our relatives who went through that. They're still alive right now, so you know they hate white people. Just being honest with you, it's the same thing. How when you go to some communities, it's a lot of it's a race. When I used to live down south. Shout out to everybody out there in Alabama. I would never move back if you gave me $50. When I used to live down south, it would blow your mind how 
backwards minded the people were down there when it came to ideas of race. So I always tell people when you grow up in California, when you grow up in California in neighbor in cities, if, if you grow up in any city in California that's plus one hundred thousand people in population. You're a little spoiled and you're a little kind of delusion because you don't understand that when you step outside of the state, when you step outside of the city, the whole country don't think like that. Damn world, the whole country don't think like that. Hell, the whole, hell, the whole state don't think like that if you go to the right city. Hell, the city I live in right now don't think like that. Just keep it 300 with you. When you go, when you go, when you go to, when you go California, New York City, south of Florida, wherever all the Puerto Ricans and Cubans are gathered and congregated at, we're, we're only like a few minority of places that are very open-minded when it comes to race and understanding that not all this race does its thing. But there are people out there who do I come up with the idea and do assign like who do assign a certain mal-characteristic to all that of a race. You know, that's why. And so with that being said, we should always condemn. We should always condemn racism. I'm always going to say the same thing. Always condemn racism. Racism is bad. Always condemn racism. It's the worst thing, the worst quality. With that being said, I'm gonna keep saying I'm gonna keep saying the same thing. I'm gonna keep saying the same thing. I respect Liam Neeson for coming forward and talking about that story because we need people to be honest about that. We need people to be honest about that because we this is what because this is what the this is what the brain of a racist thinks. This is what the brain of a separatist thinks. So I respect him for coming forward and having that conversation. You know, and I and I mean, hey, you know, I I, I, I like Liam Neeson because I understand I, that was. That was one debate that they had in the breakfast club. They were like, you know, can a racist not be racist? Can a person who was racist end up? Yeah, you can. Because, you know, shit, you grow up, man. As a person, you develop and as you grow, you know, he's like, I. If I was 14, if I was 14 and not have been presented with the same news story, I'd have been like, that is impossible. That dude is crazy. He's banned for life. But I just I just said that man, that man, I don't we we shouldn't even give him a pass. We shouldn't even give him the time of day. I would have said that. But. Because I've lived in so many different states, because I've lived in four or five different states, because I've lived in so many different cities, because I have so many friends from so many different places, I understand. I understand now that it's not. I understand that humans are just human. It's me and me and a dude were having this debate. Me and my landlord. Me and my landlord were having this debate yesterday when he was fixing my fire alarm. Because y'all been complaining about the fire alarm in my house for goddamn I don't know how long in my videos. <laughs> but um, I was telling him the thing about pedophilia, the thing about being a murderer thing about every, all the worst crimes that you have all the worst crimes that you have laws made to stop the thing what I will always say about all those crimes those crimes would not be in existence if it wasn't people doing them repeat that again those crimes would not be in existence if it wasn't people doing them you know it's the same conversation I have with pedophilia I think pedophilia is crazy you should not be fucking a 15, 16, 17 year old girl obviously if you're a grown adult but at the same time, we do live on the same planet. Where if you go to the Philippines, the age of consent is eleven. If you go to Mexico, the age of consent is in Mexico is seventeen. If you go to Nigeria, it's twelve. You know, it's a, this is a very weird world. So it's not like it's not like none of this stuff is like the worst acts of humankind are not for me are not too unimaginable. Be un, not not for me are not too unimaginable. Be careful. I I I didn't need to, I really need to work on my pronunciation. Are not too unimaginable. Because there are laws already in place to stop that from happening. Those laws wouldn't exist if at one point there was a lot. Of, I told my landlord this is saying I've been saying this in the podcast a long time. Do you know how fucked? Excuse my language. Do you know how fucked up the world had to be at a certain point in time that you had to actually write a law in the book that everybody had to read that said, "Thou shalt not kill." 
But you know what I mean? Like, do you know how fucked up the world had to be at a point where you had to really come up with a law that told people, all right, y'all y'all, know y'all shouldn't kill each other, but I don't think we should be killing each other. This shit ain't working. Now, that's common sense now. That's common sense now. And I think a lot of the morality that we have now, a lot of the common sense that we have now isn't based on just, because that's what, that's what we try to pretend nowadays. We have to understand that. A lot of the time, nowadays, we try to pretend like the common sense, the innate morality that a lot of us have, those of us from California, those of us, and I'm not trying to make everybody who's from outside of our state feel like their state is just so backwards-minded and like like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles before they got sprayed with the goo. Like, you got to understand that like a lot of human morality isn't just second nature. A lot of it just comes from how you're raised. That's why I always say racism isn't innate. It's something that's taught to you. You know, includes being having a nat being natural inclusive isn't something is something that's not is something that's taught to you. That's why. So that's why when you have these when you have these conversations about you know racism and stuff like that, I've had conversations with people who I had a conversation with a nigga. This was crazy as hell. This nigga was an Uber driver. He was driving me back home from uh, work in South San Francisco. This nigga told excuse my language. This nigga told me he said he said you know my great great grandfather. I forgot what he told me. He was talking about how his great great grandparents used to own slaves, and they were like, it was some stories like they you know they treated them right, etc. Well, nigga, they were slaves. Like, nigga, fuck, nigga. anyway, point the, the the point is the point is the point is is like, so you know, I thank God, I thank God that we're at a point, we're we're at a place in time in the world where the expectation for human morality is where it's at, and I I love that so. How I look at this Liam Neeson situation, I look at it twofold. I am happy that the expectation for the average human is for you not to be racist, for you not to be anti-homosexual, for you not to be anti-Semitic and all those things. But at the same time, I'm also happy that Liam Neeson came forward and said, you know, this was how I think because you need to have these abominable ways of thinking. And I'm and I'm and I'm let me tell you how he was thinking. That's fucked up on so many levels. That is the fucked. I, I like I said. What Liam Neeson was thinking—that is the purest. That is the that is the purest the purest example of what racism is. That is what that is. But at the same time, like I'm, I'm gonna keep saying the same thing. You need people like that to come forward so you can help people understand how common this thinking is. So that you know what I'm saying. Like it's, you, you need you need people need you need story you need stories like this. That's what I'm saying. And I hate to say it like that, but you need people to come forward and let people know. This is what happens. This is how people think. This is how people think. This is how people think. This is this is a common way of this is a common train of this is a common train of thought for a lot of people, bro. You know. You know, it's it's, it's sad, you know. So do I think we should have Liam Neeson canceled? He ain't gonna be canceled. But let me tell you something. White people love Liam Neeson. They not gonna cancel. They not gonna cancel Liam Neeson forever. They just they're not, they're not gonna cancel him forever. I ain't canceling him forever because I respect him. I think his morality. I, I think for him to come forward and talk about that, I think his morality has developed as a man, and his character has developed as a man for him to come forward and be honest about that story and tell us what that was. Because I respect that. I honestly respect them coming forward, and I do think, and I do think people can change. I do think morality, morality can change. I know a lot of people. I, you know how many people I've met before that I thought I didn't, that I thought I didn't like just by seeing them. One of my best friends for about for about uh, eleven months was a friend was a dude who, when I first saw him, I thought he was a dick. I thought he was just a know it all. But then after talking to him, after getting to know him, you know, riding home with him a few times and having a lot of cool conversations, I realized like. Nah, this is a cool dude. Nah, we, we cool, we vibe, we talk, you know, you know, he's a family man, he's married, has kids and stuff like that. Nigga never calls me, it is what it is. Um, 
James. But anyway, you know, so it's like, you know, I used to, as humans, we develop, you know, you can, it is what it is. People can develop and change, you know, it, just, it happens. Um, I forgot what else I was going to talk about today. There was something else I had on the docket to talk about, and I can't go and look back and see what it was because if I do, it cancels the broadcast. So, um, let me think, what else can we talk about today? Oh, you know, I know we can talk about because the person I was talking to is about so the coffee shop that I'm recording this in. Nah, let me let me not put her business out of here because we we're having a debate. We we're having a debate earlier. We we're talking about what is the best male counterpart, the best male, the male counterpart or male type that she should bring into her romantic life. And what happened was two weeks prior to that, two weeks prior to this conversation, I said that she needs to date a nerd. I said she needs to date a very she was very indignant about that. She was very indignant. She found the idea repugnant. I'm killing all these three syllable words, bro. Repugnant. Metamorphic. <laughs> she found the idea repugnant. She was like, I don't want to date a socially awkward geek who doesn't know how to talk, who walks with his hair down. And I said, I told her I was like, for this, for this, for this example, we're gonna we're gonna give her a, we're gonna give her a hypothetical name because I don't want y'all coming to this coffee shop being like, hey, JT was talking about you. We're gonna call her Gladys. I told Gladys, Gladys, I said Gladys, he might be socially awkward, he might be short, he might not smell the best, you might need to buy him uh, Axe Spray every other every other few weeks or so, but you know what, he'd be, he'd love you, he'd cherish you, he'd make you laugh, he'd, te- he'd teach, tease you, and I'm going to say this about nerds, here's the thing about nerds, because I'm a nerd, nerds are not a monolith. You know, I think truth be told, when you read, when you watch most movies and when you go through life, the general idea is the nerd is always the second or third choice in romantic partners. You know, just it is. I like the dude that's like the very, very last guy. Every girl, every girl, whether you're in high school and college or even just in regular life, every girl got that one guy that they really want to talk to. They've been chasing. They got, and every girl got like maybe three or four or five guys friend zoned in the back that are like nerd you're just not really that physically attractive and you just you you wouldn't get him the you you might not give them the light of day you might not give them the chance the, the even a chance in hell until they get around like maybe like 27 28 you get pregnant and stuff like that have a few kids you know bills start coming around that at that time the dude's like a, a it at apple so he got some money but like you know it is it is something to be it is something to be said about that um is that what, what that was? Oh, it's, are they closing today are they closing? Are they closing? They closing. They closing. Oh, can they close it ten? All right. So anyway, so, so yeah, I think so. It was like, what was I going to say? What was I going to? What was, what was I going? What was I going to say? I had it. I had it in my brain. What was I going to say? The point. I, the point I was making was is, so I. That's the. That's the general. That's the general idea. That's the general idea. That's kind of put forward in media and generally what I've seen in life. You know, generally speaking, the nerd guy is chosen second. You know, the good guy is chosen second or chosen last. But I mean, but there, but, but I was about to say, nerds are not all monoliths. I mean, you know, geeks are not monoliths. I mean, you know, there are some like I'm a nerd. You know, I, most people don't see it until like I I have a conversation about some geek shit. But like I'm a nerd. You know, I like comic books. I love anime. I love anime. I love watch Dragon. I watch Dragon Ball, dude. If you are an anime fan, I watched Dragon Ball Z Brawly, the movie. I'm going to tell you straight up. It was an amazing, an amazing, I mean amazing. Brother, when I tell you this film was so goddamn amazing. It was, bro, best. Dragon Ball Z has been cold for a minute. I'll be real with you. Every, that Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Super set is just terrible. Dragon Ball Z Super, he, he, Dragon Ball Heroes is even worse. 
that Dragon Ball Z Brawly movie is so bars, bro. It was raw. That was the, that was the best. That was the best conjointed. That was the best combined hour and twenty two minutes of Dragon Ball Z I've ever seen in my life. Honestly, keep on it with you. Just, just great, just great fighting scenes, just great action scenes. But so nerds aren't a monolith, you know. I think you know it was funny. I remember it was this one girl. I was, and that's the funny thing because like, like when I be going to bars, when I be going to clubs, and girl, and I be talking to girls. Like the, I don't know, the girls see me like when they see me like at the bars and stuff like that. They think I'm like this, you know, like some kind of like a a fuck boy type dude. So I remember this girl was this girl. <laughs> she was talking to me. She was trying to fuck with me. She was trying to get me to bring her back to the hotel, take her back to the hotel. And she was like, you know, I got you know I do got a man back home, but you know I don't I don't really care about him. You know he is. I'm like, but she like, you know he's a good guy, but you know he's a square. He's like just such a square and woo woo woo. And I was and I was I was like at the time I was like I was like man I was like girl. She let me as a man. Is that you should let me let you let me show you my browser history. And you'll be disgusted. <laughs> and I was reading about SpongeBob and SpongeBob and anime and stuff like that. You know, that is one thing. That is one thing that does kind of. Um, I don't know. There was I don't know. This kind of got me in my feels thinking about it. There was a girl that I was talking to for about three weeks or so, and I cut things off with her yesterday. Me and her, you know, talked and we were. And the reason why we cut things off was just because um, this is this is me going on a tirade, just me being honest about my love life right now. The reason why I stopped talking to her was because it just was the distance, you know. Like I don't know, man. Like I didn't, I didn't you know, after leaving college, I didn't real, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really realize until after leaving college, bro, about like about how about how much how like how much um. Like in a relationship, how much I need the girl there. You know, she lived in uh, Oakland, and I live in Galt. Galt is a very, very small village, <laughs> like thirty miles. <laughs> if you go thirty miles outside of the Sacramento, and then you go thirty miles, <laughs> ten miles outside of that, it's like it's like a really small village out here in the middle of nowhere. But uh, I don't know. Like it just was, it just was suck. Like if I would see her, I'm only, I would only be able to see her like once every. I don't know, man. I do miss texting her. Like, you know, we and her had, like, a lot of just great conversation. Like, we would literally be talking from, like, she would go to work at 8. I go to work at 11. But I would be texting her from, like, 8 to 9 o'clock at night. And we would be talking, just be talking and zoning and stuff like that. And, but, like, I, at the end of the day, like I told her last time, I said, it's just the distance. You know, I'm getting too, I feel like I'm getting too attached. And it's like, you know, I don't want to talk to somebody who I can only see at best, like, once a week or so. Like, I want to talk to somebody who, like, you know, is right down the corner like you know somebody i can lay up with and talk to right now you know somebody who could be recording with me right now and you know she you know it, it didn't um it is what it is i should not say her name <laughs> kind of a, it's kind of funny because the very last at the very last episode previous to this one in, it, <laughs> in the last thing i was talking about and i was like taking a chance on love it was like you know hey you know hey sometimes things, you know sometimes love doesn't go the way you want it to go you know what happens you know, but she, you know, she she's a great girl, beautiful woman, beautiful woman, beautiful Latina. She'll probably find somebody else out there to talk to, some other, some other YouTuber out there who who's um who has quite more subscribers to, than me. You know, but you know, I don't know. I don't damn that got me my feels, low key, man. That's why that's why, man. I gotta move, and I've been talking about this for a while, man. It's like I'm at the point now in my life where. My brain, my goals are really intent on just getting the fuck out of this county. Like I, I gotta move to a different city, but like I don't want to. Eh. I'm at the point now in my life where I'm at the point now in my life where 
where I'm at the point now in my life where it's like, boy, you just get tired of being in this. Just you just get you just um. The thing about the city I live in right now, and I hate to knock the city because I'm sitting in a coffee shop with everybody here is from the city. The thing I hate about this city is it is a terrible, terrible city to be young in. Like if you're young in the city, it sucks because it's like it's just like when I was in San Diego. Shout out to San Diego. When I was in San Diego, the thing about San Diego that makes San Diego so splendid and lovely, lovely is like there's so much to do. There's so much to involve yourself and there's so many activities. There's a beach, there's a mountain. Even if you live in San Francisco with that high ass rent, it's so many things that you can indulge yourself in. So many groups, so many clubs, so many like it's impossible to live in San Francisco, San Diego, San Francisco. It's impossible to live in any city that starts with a sand in, in California and not have a social life. It's just impossible. But in this city, man, I think as soon as you got high school here, it's like, it's just, it's just terrible. Like it's, so I think that's why I've been thinking about just honestly just moving, man. Like moving to San Bernardino, packing up, moving to San Diego, packing up, moving to San Francisco. My goal, honestly, right now, honestly, right now is by August of this year, or by July, to get an apartment in um, to get an apartment in Oceanside, San Diego, Oceanside, or somewhere in San Diego. My goal is to make my way back to SoCal. That's my overall goal because I'm just I, I can't keep doing this shit. Shit. It's impossible. They got a, it's a it's a club it's a club in Sacramento I want to go to right now. This popping, but it's like forty dollars for an Uber, and if even if I use a car, use my car, it's a lot of money on gas. It's like, Arr. but you know, hey, you know, hey, what will you do for freedom? That's all you can say. But anyway, that's it for the podcast. We've been on here for about thirty minutes or so. It was a pleasure talking to you all. Thank you for the people's prayer. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. Thank you for being a part of the family. Much love. Peace and chicken grease. Thank you for listening.